0: Seattle hockey fans, Eric Lindsay Ayala here, your host of Locked on Kraken and Happy New Year's Eve. This is Seattle Kraken after dark. I should say Locked on Kraken after dark coming to you a little bit later in the day. But um, we're going to recap yesterday's game very quickly and then I'm going to take you to part two of my conversation with Ann Kimmel. If today is New Year's Eve, that means tomorrow is 2022 and we're expecting USA Hockey to announce their Olympic rosters, which of course would include the sled hockey team, or at least it should, for the Paralympics in Beijing, China. So we're going to recap the Seattle Kraken uh, in the game against Calgary. We're going to talk a little bit about Vancouver, but I'll probably do a bonus episode so we can talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. And then we'll go over to the fantastic Anne Kimmel, the co-host of Locked on Predators, and... Avid sled hockey fan. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Kraken.
1: You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Kraken, Kraken.
0: Hey, Seattle hockey fans, welcome again to Locked on Kraken. I'm your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, and we are going to recap the Mark Giordano revenge game. It was postponed in Calgary. but We got Geo at Climate Pledge Arena. And if you watched the live pregame show yesterday, I told you that an adorable, such a delightful uh, Mark Giordano was asked about potentially scoring a goal. And wouldn't you know, Mark Giordano scored the opening goal of the game. The Seattle Kraken had the lead. That's something that I talked about was one of the keys, one of my keys to the game. And listen, we got not one, but two of those things that happened. Defenders getting up into the play. We talked about that too. I talked about aggressive goalies. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Phil uh Philip Drieger. Nope. Chris Drieger was aggressive. And in the first five minutes or so of the game, I thought that was amazing. And and then things got weird. Things got a little bit weird. So let's go over. Gio got the goal at 548. Uh, then Goudreau, my goodness, he had a brace uh, in uh, in the first two periods. Callie Yarncroke got the second Seattle Kraken goal, but the Seattle Kraken were down 3-2 uh, to two. at the end of the second period. Yanni Gord gets on the board again and he gets the opening goal in the third period almost exactly at the five-minute mark. But then, oh, Mangiapane, oh, that guy. Ooh, didn't like how he was playing. He gets a goal at sixteen fifty-one to give Calgary the lead late in the third period. But then it was Jared McCann. I told you about that Triple J line. Now, news that came out after I went live was that Schwartz out with an injury day-to-day, so it was only J-squared, but Jared McCann got on the board. But then, again, we see that the Seattle Kraken, they relent. Uh, They give up a goal almost immediately after scoring. That happened in the third period. It happened, um, obviously, in the game against Philly, One thing that was pretty cool, Kelly Yarncroke, his third goal of the season, nine seconds into the second period. So that's good. Uh, Chris Drieger, oh, I, I think it was the second. Was it the first or the second goal? I forget right now, but he came out pretty aggressively. And while... The run of play, if the shot had been taken where he thought the shot was going to be taken, you would have definitely cut off the angle. But Calgary, they don't play like a teenager. That's a throwback to yesterday's show. Go listen to my rant about how the Seattle Kraken are essentially a teenager. But they don't play like a teenager. They saw Drieger being aggressive early, and so they fake the slap shot. Shuffle the puck over, yawning net, wide, wide open net. And um, that was essentially the name of the game. The Seattle Kraken are being outplayed. They're being outplayed. Uh, the The effort is not always there. Uh, the skill and the potential I do think is there. But that's why I say it's their teenage years uh, and not the teenage dream that Katy Perry sings about. That's such a fun song. Like, don't ever look back. Oh, such a good song. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. Not the fun teenage. uh, I mean, you know, we're not having fun. It's like the angsty, acne, awkward stuff that we're going through right now. So we're going to have to push through it. That being said, the Seattle Kraken are frustrated with themselves, and they know that things have to clean up. Uh, Chris Drieger talked about it. I'll hear some of the other guys talking about it. Like, it can't be no excuses. You have to push through. And um, they're just not finding ways to get it done right now. So that's very frustrating. It's another Seattle Kraken game day tomorrow. So quick, quick turnaround. And Schwartz out uh, another thing. The Seattle Kraken are shorthanded, and Hayden Flurry cannot get into the lineup. You know, I played a few weeks ago now. Something that he said that at the time was, I mean, you know, he was talking about basically his trajectory, and he was talking about basically, um, you know, moving from team to team. And he got to the Seattle Kraken, and he's like, you know – um. As far as here, you know, I, I, I forget what he said. He's like, but I'm just going to leave it at that. I get the sense that he's frustrated. And I mean, again, if he's not injured, he's not on the COVID list. I'd be frustrated too, shorthanded watching your team. And we've seen Aiden Fleury score. I mean, is he a defensive liability sometimes? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but so is everybody else. So I don't know, another frustrating loss for the Seattle Kraken, Vancouver coming into town, so that's another game. Um, A little bit of news, we heard that um, the NHL had to um, postpone nine games, bringing the total to 90 overall on the season, um, including a game affecting the Seattle Kraken, their game against the Islanders. So the Seattle Kraken, as far as we know, they haven't had more positive tests, but they are having games postponed because of COVID. So we'll see. Tomorrow is the winter classic. So I will be watching particularly, particularly, excuse me, at the second intermission, because that's when we're going to get the USA women's uh, hockey Olympic roster and uh, someone going to Beijing. Team Auntie, this is my uh, part of my brand over at Power forward. Go check it out. Um, yeah, I I'm curious to see even though they, they have their residency roster, the women's team, it's at 23 names right now. They can name 23 players to the Olympic roster. So they've kind of already parred down the roster. It, the, which is something that they didn't do before the last Olympics. That's why um, we see Callie Flanagan in the PHF right now. Anyway, uh, I'll leave a link if you want to know more about that, if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so I think the roster is probably more or less set. Maybe they'll do a little switcheroo here and there. But again, with containment, if you haven't been with USA Hockey, it's going to be a little bit tough, I would think, to have uh, people traveling, but anyway. Oh, the last time we faced the Canucks, we lost four to two. That was on October 23rd. Um, again, they have the advantage in the power play, in the penalty kill. I'll put that this up here for you. In um, face-offs, and again, 31st now in the team, or excuse me, in the league. 3.63 goals per game. We have to score full four goals to win games. We have to score four goals to win games. That's what that means. Vancouver only needs to score three on average. I'm rounding up, as you can see over here. Um I... I like that Drieger is aggressive. Does that mean he makes mistakes? Absolutely. But you know what? You have to work through that. Teenage years, you have to work through that. And at least he's in there. He's in the game. Um, you know, he's responsive to what's happening in the game. sometimes. Grubauer, I just, I, I I keep talking about it. I, I, I keep talking about it for those who listen every day because this is a daily Seattle Kraken podcast. Um, then you know, I'm I'm a little bit over it. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Seattle Kraken for tomorrow. But um, right now, let me tell you about Bilt Bar. So, hey, like I said, Happy New Year. New year, new you, but same delicious Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. But most Built Bars, unlike most candy bars, only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can pop one of those suckers, uh, in your gym bag in the morning or bring some to the office or at your desk. And you'll have 17 grams of protein right there in something that is absolutely delicious and covered in chocolate. It's one of my favorite parts about Bilt Bar. Um, And here's an idea for the new year. You just, you know, you go to all your secret treat stashes at home, your pantry, like I said, your office and You you replace whatever's there with built Bar. It's all about changing habits, right? It's all about new year, new you, right? So this is a great way to do that. And we want to make sure that you're also saving money while you're getting your delicious protein bar snack game on and strong. So if you head to built.com and you enter promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off at built.com happy snacking and happy new year let's go 2022 hey seattle hockey fans and of course nashville hockey fans we are back with ann kimmel we are getting you ready for the 2022 beijing paralympics with our resident expert ann kimmel and and you talked about how you got into the sport. Uh, You talked about uh, what people can expect. What are some of the adaptations that have been made? Uh, We talked about so many things. We talked about the field of eight teams, but now we're going Homer. We're going Homer one in like tried and true team USA, red, white, and blue all the way. That's what this segment is going to be about. So, Anne. As the resident expert of sled hockey, you've had some of the Team USA players on the Locked on Predators podcast. What do we need to know ahead of Beijing 2022 when it comes to Team USA sled hockey?
1: So probably the most uh, interesting and the biggest story when it comes to Team USA is actually who is not going to be in Beijing um, so the U S national team and Paralympic team for years has had legendary, and I do mean legendary sled hockey goaltender, Steve cash in net, uh, Steve cash. I, I, To be truly honest with you, I'm not sure I I know how many medals he has, but Steve Cash has been a foundational player for the success of the US team in the Paralympics at the World Championships for years um, and played in net the best. Uh, sled hockey goaltender that the sport has seen hands down, and Steve Cash has retired, which is a huge—it's um, a huge change for this team. Like I said, he really has been foundational. Um, in Nashville, we compare it to when Pekarene retired. You know, this is somebody who is the face of this sport for our area. He is the face of this sport internationally, especially when it comes to his position as goaltender. So, Steve Cash not being on the roster is probably One of the biggest stories for Team USA, but nobody panic. Um, They have a phenomenal backup goalie. His name is Jen Lee. Jen Lee will now be the starting goaltender. And this is not going to be outside of jen lee's wheelhouse he has played behind steve cash for years he has had lots of international experience he has played in the paralympics he has played at world championships he is a phenomenal goaltender so the team usa is actually not going to miss a beat as far as play goes They are going to miss the leadership, though, of Steve Cash. He's still influencing the team. He's still involved in developing and working with players and helping the team improve and prepare for Beijing. He won't be there himself. So that's probably the biggest roster story right now for Team USA.
0: Okay, yeah, that's pretty big, you know. Uh, We at uh, the Seattle Kraken have not had our first retirement yet. Um, We haven't even gone through our first season, so (laughs) that's It takes time. It takes a little time. We've got a ways to go. We did retire the number 32 in honor of the fans, which I know some people gave grief, but I think there are worse ways to show love to fans than retiring a crusty
1: number. Like, it's fine. We're okay. I think it's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) They can put their grumps in a sack. You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, nobody's here for your negativity. It's fine. It's totally
0: fine. Like, how many players have even worn that number in the history of the NHL? I feel like 32 is not – it's not like – eight or something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, relax <that's> really. Okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. Anyway, as I digress, I'm going to put stash that rant to the <laughs> side because that is not what this squadcast is about. We have one more segment with Ann Kimmel once more with feeling we're going over the sled hockey team, getting you ready for team USA. As you will hear it alluded to, Ann and I are going to do another segment we're gonna do another crossover squad cast episode because the roster's coming out soon. And now we're gonna we're giving you a preview of the roster, then we're gonna recap the roster. But right now, i want to tell you about Bet Online that has you covered this holiday season and all throughout the 2021-22 football, basketball, and of course hockey seasons. It's your number one spot. For sports betting, you can use their new interface, their new website on your tablet, on your desktop, on your mobile device, whatever you got. And make sure you take advantage of all the props, bets, and amazing offers available for the 2021-22. We're getting ready to go into the 2022 part Of the season. Um, and if you go over to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on, you will get a 550% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. So you're gonna want to make sure you do that again. 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on on betonline.ag. Now, betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available over at betonline.ag. Bet online, where the game starts. But, okay, before we get into bold predictions for Mm -hmm. Beijing 2022, I think it's probably a good idea to remind people or introduce people to what went down in Pyeongchang 2018. And of course, as you did on the Locked on Preds podcast, talk about world championships, which we learned on our last squad cast is one of the qualifiers for the Paralympic
1: Games. Yes. So the last Paralympic Games were held in 2018 in Pyeongchang and the gold medal match was Canada versus United States. And this is a traditional matchup that you see across the board in all different hockey disciplines, Canada, USA. It's no different in sled hockey. This is a heated, passionate, um, uh, you know, kind of a rivalry with. Lots of snark wrapped in. In 2018, a lot of this stems from 2018 in Pyeongchang, uh, the uh, Canadian team was up with three minutes left to go and Declan Farmer for USA, who we'll talk about when we talk about rosters, Declan Farmer ties the game up with three minutes left to go, sending the game into overtime and in overtime, Brody Roible, another name that you're going to want to know as you w- prepare to watch the Paralympics, Brody Roible won the game for Team USA in overtime, and it was, in many ways, a soul-crushing defeat for Canada. Very difficult loss really super amazing win for Team USA and it's a game that if you're new to sled hockey and you're curious about it and you want to watch it you need to pull it up on YouTube Uh, Paralympic.org has the games on there and just a phenomenal game and really fueled this Canada-USA rivalry that reignited again in June of 2021 at the World Championships in Ostrava Czech Republic So 2020, gotta love COVID, canceled the World Championships. So they were rescheduled for June of 2021 in Ostrava, Czech Republic. And the first game is always the gold medal, a uh, rematch of the gold medal round is what I was trying to get out. Okay. That's cool. That's really, give the people what they want. I mean, like right out of the gate, let's not mess around. So it was Canada versus United States 2021. Canada came in with a very bad taste left in their mouth from the whole Pyeongchang overtime loss and team USA because of covid really had not done a ton of um outside of their own team scrimmaging and came into the game and the first two periods bless team USA really struggled to kind of find their their groove and they lost the first game to Canada now, one of the things that you notice right away in talking with any of these players who are competing for a roster spot is that they do not like to lose. And when I say they do not like to lose, I mean their competitive nature is just a brick wall. <laughs> so I asked um in my interview, I asked Josh Meshevitz, I said, So like what well, was the vibe in the locker room after that Canadian loss and he did not use many adjectives but just let it be known that they were not happy (laughs) um and 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 they were not but in that game Team USA sort of found their groove in their third period and that continued to carry them over they did not drop another game in the entire world championships and in the gold medal world championship match again against Canada, they dominated play and won handily. I think it was a 5-1 win for Team USA. So now Canada's really, really mad. Um, and Ooh. so they are really looking forward to another shot in Beijing with, uh, against Team USA.
0: Wow. I love a good USA-Canada rivalry. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm leaning towards my home country allegiance in sled hockey. Although sometimes I do just for the chaos of it all, I'm uh-huh. like, you know, maybe maybe it's maybe it's okay if USA like drops a game, you know, like and ultimately wins. But like just for the chaos, yes. of it.
1: like just for the chaos of it all. Like it, you know? it was total chaos at Worlds, and I have to tell you, like I'm I was up watching the games. And I'm like, oh no no, oh no no. Oh, no, no. And so it really became this like, okay, wait a minute. Will the real Team USA show up here at the Worlds or is that like, is this it? And they just haven't found their groove. You know, mm-hmm. and once they found it, it was just. Whoosh. But there are a couple teams that could be spoilers, you know, with this whole USA Canada thing, too. So it's going to be very interesting in Beijing to see how these medal rounds shake out.
0: Ooh, I'm certainly excited on the women's side of things, which of course is how I got into the sport of hockey. Uh, the United States took it to overtime, took it to a shootout. And then, uh, courtesy of the recently freed Britney Spears, uh, <laughs> Jocelyn Lamoureux has a, a move called the Oops, I Did It Again. Which, <laughs> what? Like, did not flinch or blink in the interview when she mentioned this after the United States won their first gold since the first ever women's tournament. That happened in 2018. Wow. But Marie-Philippe Poulin golden golden truly a golden hockey player known for shooting the golden goals always mm-hmm. all of the golden goals said we're not doing this come <laughs> world 2021 because twenty 2020 twenty also COVID canceled that. Yes. Um so and we have had the My Y tour, uh, where USA Canada have been playing yeah. friendlies and Marie Philippe Poulin twice has scored an OT winner against the United States. So I when you're talking about, you know, you know, Slim Shady Eminem, M, will the real USA please stand up? I feel that as yes. who
1: follows the women's game for sure. Yes. And just those back and forths are so nerve wracking, but just the fuel that it pours on the fire of the competitive, you know, the competitiveness of both countries and both teams. It's so exciting.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. So it sounds like death taxes USA versus Canada. Any form of the sport because you know, in ball hockey too, like these two yeah. teams go yeah. after it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. All right. So that's good to know. But yeah. and yeah. coming up next, as you as you alluded to, we're gonna get into the roster because we're coming up at the end of the year 2021. And as is traditional in USA hockey, those rosters are usually announced at the top of the year for the men's and women's team, and I believe for the para team as well, right? Yes. At the Yes, classic yeah. yep yeah. so we're we're coming up on time and and you're the expert so we're gonna we're gonna uh you know just kind of go through with you who you think are some of the shoo-ins who are some of the veteran leaders and maybe mm-hmm. if there's some some new folks that we should be keeping an eye on uh when it comes to uh the beijing 22 paralympics all right and now we get to the goods Okay. The good stuff. We're okay. coming up on January 1, 2022, as is traditional for USA Hockey. Uh, we will get those announcements of the official rosters. Now, the women's team Uh, Certainly the men's team with the announcement of the NHL, that's going to be a little bit of a different situation. I do not uh, envy that selection committee right about now. No, they're working (laughs)
1: overtime,
0: overtime, (laughs) triple, (laughs) quadruple overtime. Whereas with the women's uh, team, they go into what we call residency or, or centralization, as the Canadians would call it. Uh, We know from listening to your podcast that the sled hockey team also has been in training and has Mm -hmm. done a little bit more of that uh, coming off of what we thought we could say would be the back end of COVID. Now, who knows? Thanks, Omicron. Whatever. Anyway. Let's get to it. Who are some of the names that you are expecting to make this roster? And maybe who are some players that might be either newcomers or people that are really fighting
1: for one of those spots? So it's super interesting as you look at this roster and you kind of try to do some predictions. Usually the camp to try out for this it has about 90 to 100 players that are vying for a spot Um, on the Paralympic team or the national team, depending on the year, because of COVID this year, it was invitation only because they needed to keep it small and keep everybody healthy. And so there were 35 to 40 players that were selected to come for their tryout week. Um, but it's a longer process for them. So they are still um, evaluating players. They're still waiting to put the finishing touches on the roster, but there are some names that we know for sure that are going to be there. We talked about goaltender Jen Lee. Jen Lee is going to be the starting goaltender for Team USA, and he's going to do a phenomenal job. I think they're going to be bringing in a younger guy, and I'm not going to be able to tell you his name right now, But they have a couple of goaltenders in the system. And one of the great things about sled hockey with Team USA right now is that there is a really rich development system that they are pulling from. Um, They're really growing this um, men's development system. Um, And so there's a a really rich pool of young talent they are developing. and, And they can take their time because there are some veterans who are absolutely still going to be on this roster. Two of the best sled hockey, players in the world. Um, live and train right here in Nashville and are the shoe-ins. These are the ones that, you know, you don't have to be Scooby-Doo in the Mystery Machine to know are going to make the Team USA roster. And those two are forwards Declan Farmer and Brody Roybal. These are two of, like I said, the best sled hockey players in the world, and they continue to improve their game. Um, Declan Farmer has phenomenal puck handling skills. He sees the game really well. Brody Roybal, uh has speed. That will be the first thing that you notice about, about Brody Roible when he is playing is you're going to notice his speed and how fast he moves from one end to the other um, of the ice. But he also is very smart in his shot. He has just this wicked, wicked shot. So you are going to see Declan Farmer and Brody Roible barring some sort of an injury on the ice for sure. Um, you're also going to see uh, Jack Wallace. My guess, you're going to see Jack Wallace there, I'm pretty sure. Rico Roman is another veteran who's going to be back, and you're going to love Rico Roman. Literally, his smile is like sunshine shining on you. He's just delightful. Um, Joe Woodkey is going to probably, 99.9% would bet my life on it, going to make his first Paralympic appearance. And Joey Woodkey is a really interesting story in that he went to world championships and he played the game as a forward until the championship game. And he has played defense before, but really loves that position. And they came to him and had been talking with him about, hey, if you ever wanted to go back to defense, let us know. And they ended up having him play uh, as a D-man in the championship game. And he played phenomenal defense. So I think Joey Woodkey is going to get to make his Paralympic debut in Beijing and really cannot wait to see that happen.
0: Wow. That's super cool. Like, no big deal. Just play, yeah. like, you know, last line of, of defense in yeah the championship game. <laughs>
1: Well, and it was very startling because I'm like, does he know he's not playing where he's supposed to be playing? And I ended up getting to interview the head coach, David Hoff. And I said, look, off the record, I really need you to explain to me what what, what was that conversation like? And he said, look, he is just such a solid all around player and he prefers defense and he prefers to see the game. You know, Joey will say, I like to see the game out in front of me. I like to do that. And so they just said, Hey, will you jump in and, and, in this game. And he said, yep. And that's where they're going to keep him. Wow. That yeah. is
0: so cool. I love that. <laughs> I love that. All right. So those are some of the players and you mentioned Rico. I noticed for team USA, they did this really cool thing where they had uh, young people asking team USA members like questions about how they got into their sport and stuff like that. And Rico is one of those. So I'll leave that link down if, and make love sure, uh, especially if you are from the United States, that you're following team USA as we, get through qualifiers so we're predicting some roster moves here but we're also seeing for the Olympics and Paralympics we Uh, sports like speed skating and uh, snowboarding. They're starting to have their qualifying tournaments right now. So we're going to start getting to those rosters really soon for all of team USA, not just team USA sled hockey or the USA hockey component of team USA for the Olympics and Paralympics. So it's an exciting time and I love it, but we're going to talk a little bit uh, as we close out this second installment of our uh, Road to the Paralympics 2022 in Beijing. We're going to talk a little bit about just what the training is going to look like For the USA team as they prepare for Beijing 2022 and what the accommodations have been because of COVID, because hockey is that sport, as we've learned and as we continue to learn, is very unique in the interactions that happen, everything from locker room or dressing room space to even what is happening on the ice that make hockey a place that can be pretty easy when it comes to something like COVID to kind of spread around. So I'd be very curious to hear from you how Team USA has been handling that as part of their training regimen as they look to defend their gold medal in Beijing, China. Okay, and we are back for our third installment of part two of the road to Beijing for the Paralympic sled hockey team. But we talked about it before COVID obviously is something that is still very real within the hockey community um, and of course, will impact in one way or another, the preparation for Beijing 2022 when it comes to the Olympic and Paralympic games. So and from the conversations that you've had and even just looking at the sled hockey schedule for Team USA, in what ways have there been modifications Made. I know you talked about world championships. The team's not getting on the ice very much. Obviously, we've seen that on the women's side. The men's side, like we said, don't even know who the team is. So, good luck there. <laughs> no that's idea. Awesome. The men's tournament just overall is really going to. Well, as you say, bless. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all we can say. Yes. Truly, yes, all we can bless. say. But um, what will that look like, and what has that looked like for sled hockey?
1: Yeah. So it's been a, a challenge for sled hockey, just like it has been for a number of other sports and other professions just across the board. Um, Going into the World Championships, um, usually there are a lot of friendlies that they hold to kind of prepare for that, especially USA and Canada. But with COVID, there was no crossing the border. So that didn't happen for the World Championships. So they were hopeful that they were going to get in some more international play and some international friendlies before Beijing. And one of those was going going to be the International Para Hockey Cup um, held in the Czech Republic again. And Czech Republic has a phenomenal uh, passion for sled hockey. This is a country that's like all in on this sport. And it would have been a wonderful experience for, Four, they had four teams selected that were going to come and play kind of a friendly tournament there. Unfortunately, with COVID, that all changed. Team USA did not attend. Canada didn't attend. And they've kind of turned it into sort of a, a, training, um, a training week instead. So a lot of the international friendlies that the teams were all hoping to get aren't gonna take place again before Beijing. So very similar to what happened before World Championships. In the meanwhile, Team USA players are training all across the country. Very fortunate that Nashville happens to be sort of a hub of training because we have a number of national team members that live and train right here in Nashville. And so what we've seen here is a ton of on ice time. And we've got several players that live in other areas that are flying in every few weeks to do uh, more intense week weekend training sessions together. So this is um their full-time job. This is what these players do for a living, and it is consuming for them. And they're really having to navigate training and, like I said, missing opportunities for international competition. You know, COVID is kind of making everybody sort of modify what they're doing. Now, typical training uh, for right now at this point um, is you're looking at three to four days a week where these players are spending three to four, sometimes five hours a day on ice training. Um, Here in Nashville, there's a number of different rinks where they train. Some of them are a little bit smaller um, and are not necessarily used a ton by the public. And so that definitely helps with the COVID situation. Um, And those who travel in are always very careful when they're traveling you know, just to keep everybody healthy. Um, they do a ton of off ice training as well when they're not together here in Nashville or when they're not try, you know, training on ice, wherever they live. Um, they are in the gym all the time. Um, a lot of the players have what's called a ski erg machine because it mimics the motion that they use to propel themselves across the ice. And they spend, you know, two to three hours um, in the gym each day and also you know just like any other professional athlete recovery is a huge part of what they have to schedule in for themselves Um, especially with something like sled hockey where you're so reliant on things like your abs Again, God love them, their abs and their shoulders. They have to be very careful with their recovery and their commitment to recovery, because if you have a bad shoulder, you really are out. You know, you can't lean on another aspect maybe of your game as easily as you can in some of the sports where you use multiple parts of your body for different things or the game accents different Parts of your body like that, so it's a very intense training regimen. um, Starting in January, once the rosters announced, they'll all kind of descend um, every couple of weekends here in Nashville with head coach David Hoff, and the real intense training is going to start. And I'm sure they're going to have to be very careful with the COVID protocol and and everyone traveling as well. Then too, so they're learning as they go with the training, they're adapting as they go with the training, but the training is happening.
0: We definitely want to as always lift up that hockey truly is for everyone and so we want to myth bust here in our next installment and really talk about the misconceptions that come with sled hockey while also talking about the ways that the sport itself might need to catch up when it comes to evolving to truly be inclusive in and of itself so I'm excited for that and by the time we come around and coordinate our outfits again hopefully we'll We'll see um we'll see what we wear that next time but um we also might have the rosters so we'll be able yeah. to refresh and uh see what happens with the rosters who's in um who did not make the cut this time around um and get into all of those conversations but as
1: always and
0: kimmel thank you so much for joining us here on locked on kraken
1: I am so thrilled to have gotten to do this, Erica, anytime. I would love to come back and talk with you and your Kraken Folk.
0: Oh, yes. Well, and to you and all of the Locked on Preds family, and of course, to the loyal listeners from the depths of Locked on Kraken, want to wish everyone an enjoyable holiday season and end of the year for 2021. And let's all start 2022 with some good hockey, some good sled hockey, and hopefully a handful of gold medals for Team USA. Thank you as always for listening to Locked On Kraken. This first portion of the first ever season of the Seattle Kraken, thus, the first ever NHL season for Locked On Kraken is definitely one of my highlights of 2021 from my at my very first guest. My very first guest, Chanel Keenan, my second guest, who was actually on the very first episode, JT Brown, Two my most recent guests, of course, in Everett Fitzhugh for the 100th episode, and Anne Kimmel on the 31st of December, 2021. It has been a delight. It has been an honor and a true privilege. I've learned a lot. I hope I'm working out a lot of the kinks. I've upgraded a few things here and hoping, excuse me, not hoping, manifesting that 2022 will be even better than everything that we've had in the first 100 plus episodes. But I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, signing off for the year. And hoping that you and yours remain healthy, that you remain in high spirits, and that you always remember to hold fast, stay true, and yes, exactly, let's go cracking. I'll see you next year.